legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto experts. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hello and welcome back to the Roto Experts in the Morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Scott Engel, the Managing Director of RotoExperts.com. I am the king. I am fantasy. Back here with you for Monday, February 11th. 2019 and of course it's a very special week as today we have two teams reporting to spring training the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Seattle Mariners and ladies and gentlemen it is baseball season once again and don't worry for those of you looking for fantasy baseball content from rotoexperts.com I'm providing it right here on my podcast as things start to get a little bit more hot, as we still get as we get closer to more draft time, I'll be talking about a lot of fantasy baseball news, ADPs. Uh, I actually have a mock draft with my friends at Roto Ballers on Wednesday night, so I definitely have to get ready for that. And I'll have you uh, right along the way with me. But uh, as you know, Roto Experts on uh, digital at rotoexperts.com is now NFL 365 days a year. So I'm going to be talking a lot more off-season football on this podcast. What should you expect? You'll expect a lot of fantasy football and a lot of fantasy baseball because that's what you become to know from the Roto Experts, uh, the longest-running morning show in the fantasy sports industry, kicking since 2010. Uh, We'll have the baseball analysis and, of course, the football content that you want. And if you have any questions in either sport, it's at ScottyRotoX on Twitter. Just tell me you want me to answer your question on the podcast, and I'll be glad to do that. I'll also respond to you directly if you like that as well. But... We won't make you baseball fans feel left out. I know there's people saying, hey, when are you guys going to start talking baseball? Well, there's going to be a lot of football today, but uh, starting tomorrow we'll talk even more baseball because pitchers and catchers reporting to Arizona and Florida, here we are. But so many people have so many concerns about off-season football, etc. Free agency is going to hit in March. We'll have the NFL draft. If uh, you're looking for talk about the Alliance of American Football, Uh, This is not the place to come. I don't care. I didn't watch it for more than 30 seconds. It's it's a waste of my time. Uh, There's only eight teams. I went off about this on Friday. The talent is inferior. I'm just, I'm not interested. These leagues are not going to survive. Uh, You want to hear more of my views, download uh, download the podcast from uh, 
Friday and Sunday. So we'll start today uh, with some of my off-season division pre uh, previews and what to expect from dynasty and keeper perspectives and looking ahead to 2019. And today we'll start in the AFC East where uh give you some overview off-season overview of the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Patriots and what to expect. And you can get a full Patriots outline on rotoexperts.com right now as I look ahead to 2019 season for that with my advanced scout on rotoexperts.com, NFL 365. So uh, let's, start, let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and, you know, we're mostly going to focus on offense here as uh, we're certainly talking fantasy. And uh, Josh Allen played really well down the stretch last year for fantasy owners. Uh, I think the rushing potential has a lot of people excited heading into 2019. But I think the Buffalo Bills ideally would like to get a scenario in place to surround him with a better supporting cast so he doesn't have to continually run for his life. And also, if uh, they improve the receiving crew down there as well, that could only help Josh Allen. So I, I don't know if Josh Allen is necessarily going to be a Lamar Jackson or better. Uh, I think ideally, you know, that team would like him to stand in, uh, get better protection, have better playmakers in the passing game, uh, consistent support of a running game. I, I think you saw Josh Allen run so much because – uh, a lot of times the receivers wouldn't get open. The protection, would, the protection was breaking down as well. He did have a running game that he could really rely on. So Josh Allen had to do it all himself. If it, a lot had to go on his shoulders. Uh, I think that was encouraging from a from a dynasty's perspective. Uh, I actually took Josh Allen in the third round of my own dynasty draft, and you know, knowing that he's going to do anything to make the play is encouraging for his dynasty outlook. If somebody's not going to be open, we know he can take off and run. Uh, and and uh, I, th I think we saw a willingness from him almost in a gunslinger sort of way to uh, want to throw the ball down the field. So he's not afraid to throw the ball deep. He'll make some big plays. Obviously, he's going to make some mistakes, too. He's going to make some sacks. He's going to he's going to have some turnovers. But I, I think a lot of people, especially dynasty-wise, really weren't encouraged about Josh Allen uh, coming into his rookie year. And I think we saw some things that uh, will, will, uh, will spark him going forward. There's already talk that uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, could be a cap casualty if they cut him. The, you know, they would be able to save some money under the salary cap. And you know, I think they could use that to really – I think that where it really starts to help Josh Allen is to improve the offensive line. There's a lot of talk in Buffalo and people that cover the team that the first thing they have to do is fix the offensive line. And uh, they'll do that through free agency. They'll do that through the draft. The first thing is to get protection for Josh Allen. Then uh, if they cut LaShawn McCoy, you know, maybe they go after one of the running backs in free agency, and that would make things interesting also. In the LaShawn McCoy situation, he's already ticked off uh, the front office by talking about uh, the need to improve the offensive line from so on social media and pulling the tweets down. But the front office – got word of that. They were not happy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's up there in age and mileage, etc. 
you know, maybe this team wants to go look towards the future, uh, pick up a running back in free agency, or maybe even draft a running back that they can get in the backfield and uh, pair with this kid for a long time. I don't think they'll take a running back in the first two rounds uh, because I think they have to draft address offensive line and wide receiver before that. And, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, going to be some running backs out there on free agency. I don't know if a Mark Ingram makes sense when you talk about uh, that he's 29 years old and uh, maybe wants to go to win, winner. Now, like I've said, he's not old for running back necessarily, but I think uh, Mark Ingram is maybe at that point of his career where he wants to go to winner. I don't expect his team to be a player for Le'Veon Bell. They don't have the salary cap room of, say, the Raiders or a team like that. Uh, they, they will be looking to clear some room. Uh, they'll, they'll probably uh, make some incremental releases. Uh, you probably see Jeremy Curley is going to be gone. You know, they, they are fourth in salary cap room, though. Uh, this team has a lot of money to spend here. Only the Colts, the Jets, and the Browns have more salary cap room. So is there a running back that they really like out there in free agency that they can go after? Uh, you know, Maybe they'll take a crack on a Tevin Coleman and see – uh, if he can play better as a starter than uh, than he did for Atlanta, you know, versatile kind of running back. Uh, maybe maybe they they, uh, they get a veteran running back and uh, they also draft one. So I don't think LeSean McCoy is a lock to be in Buffalo next season. So we're going we're going to have to wait and see uh, what actually happens with with uh, the running back situation for the Buffalo Bills. You know, there could be a new starter. In 2019, they definitely have to bolster wide receiver. Uh, Zay Jones showed some flashes. Uh, he can get deep, uh, can also be a threat in the red zone. But uh, Zay Jones at best would be a number two wide receiver uh, for an NFL team. And uh, then you had Robert Foster, who was really a revelation from about week 11 on last year. Uh, he was able to get a lot of yardage on a limited amount of catches. And... Uh, he did it for more than just uh, the two a two-game stretch where all of a sudden he was getting more defensive attention and he wasn't getting the job done. I, I think Robert Foster is, was a revelation for this team. Undrafted free agent who spent a good uh, chunk of the season on the practice squad. So, uh, you know, this is a kid to watch, I think. Uh, if they pick up another receiver... Uh, there's a lot of talk that they want to get a big receiver in the draft, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Buffalo go, go after one of the top free agents. Uh, would Golden Tate want to go to Buffalo? I mean, this is a complete offensive rebuilding project, but they have, they do have a young quarterback, you know, to build around. But you know, other than that, they just don't have much. It's it's going to be hard to attract legitimate free agents, I think, to Buffalo because really, does anybody want to play in that cold? Uh, on a losing team, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. So I, I can't see the Bills being being in the mix for a lot of these top free agents, for a lot of the for a lot of the uh, for a lot of the big names that are out there. Uh, can Antonio Brown? Could you see him going to Buffalo? That's not where he want to go, but uh, it'd be a nice way for the Steelers to punish Antonio Brown to trade him to the Buffalo Bills. He said he wants to go to San Francisco. If anything, like if you were a free agent, would you want to go rather go to the Raiders or would you want to rather go to Buffalo? Uh, I think a lot of people would want to play for Gruden, etc. So it, it's going to be hard. You know, this is a total rebuild project. 
in Buffalo. And when you look at Josh Allen's dynasty appeal and how it's going to change the scope of his profile, because right now Josh Allen is like a deep thrower and a guy that can run, but they want to surround him with more talent so the passing numbers can improve and be more consistent. And that would basically change his outlook that, you know, he would be a guy that runs nearly as much as he runs now, but still he would get pretty good rushing numbers and better passing numbers. But that's going to take a while for, I I think it's going to take a while for Josh Allen to morph into the type of quarterback that the Bills ideally want him to be. A guy who who doesn't take off as much as he did last year because he just had to, he didn't have any other choice. Or has to gut it deep because he doesn't have any other choice because I think it's really going to take a long time to improve the supporting cast here. They really don't have a tight end that it can count on. But uh, look, Buffalo's got some money, and they, they do have that in their corner. That's the one thing in their corner that they that they do have that, you know, maybe they can offer somebody that's some nice money to come to Buffalo. And it, it, there's uh, – there's not a lot of support from your teammates offensively as a skill position player. Uh, you don't like the weather, but the one thing that, uh, that that is a caveat is they have a very, very loyal fan base as well. So there are some positives and some negatives, but usually people don't want to go to Buffalo to play. So it's, it's hard for me to see Josh Allen's outlook really changing in a major way heading into 2000, uh, 2019, I think in the longer term. We'll see more of that. So I think you know what you get from him. Uh, I would say he's a, uh, a, a middle-range fantasy quarterback, too, heading into 2019. Uh, somebody you want to keep around as a possible streamer for dynasty purposes. Somebody you certainly don't keep unless you got to keep about six or seven guys. And uh, look, we'll have to watch this team closely. It's not the only team in the division that uh, that really is feel, uh, facing a major rebuild project. Uh, so is the Miami Dolphins. The uh, the Dolphins are a team that uh, just completely overhauled its coaching staff. Uh, Brian Flores is the new uh, defensive coordinator with Jim Caldwell uh, being the assistant head coach here and being able to help him out having been a former head coach. Caldwell was actually talked about as a possible head coach in a few places here. But uh, Flores doesn't have a lot of experience as a coach, as we've already seen. But uh, a lot of people just talking about him as a mastermind after what he did in the Super Bowl, calling the plays against the Los Angeles Rams. But uh, I think Flores, from you know, reading his press conferences and his interviews, uh, the transcripts, uh, he knows this is going to be a long overhaul for the Dolphins. And... The first thing to do is to clear some more salary cap room uh, by moving on from Ryan Tannehill. Now, the team hasn't said anything officially, but I believe, uh, and uh, a lot of you following the NFL during the offseason, have already seen the talk that they're probably going to move on from Ryan Tannehill this offseason. Uh, this is not Flores' guy. They need a new regime, and they can really save some money and start building for the future by getting not only rid of Ryan Tannehill, but uh, also Devontae Parker, who has been a big disappointment, and uh, Danny Amendola, you know, maybe they feel he's a little overpaid too, and they could possibly get rid of him. But Amendola, you know, did show some signs uh, that he could be a reliable veteran receiver here, but uh, you know, 
by the time they get get rid of uh, everything, they're going to be down to Kenny Stills and Albert Wilson. And Albert Wilson is a guy, if uh, he stays healthy, we saw some big play flashes from him last year. Uh, so I think you have to be a little bit optimistic from a dynasty league perspective about Albert Wilson. Kenny Stills, we know what he is. He's a deep threat who's very, very inconsistent. Kenny Stills is the ultimate best ball player. And uh, I think I think Albert Wilson's going to be a very good best ball player as well. Uh, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Stills is a very good best ball player, but he's a pretty good best ball pick. Uh, you know, when when you've rounded out your starting wide receivers, but Albert Wilson has the potential to be even a better best ball player if he can stay healthy uh, going into the 2019 season. But uh, the Dolphins is going to have a lot to address. In that passing game, you know, what do they do at quarterback? Is this a team that makes a significant push for Teddy Bridgewater? You know, Miami could be the new home of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, will they make a push for Nick Foles? I don't know if Foles will want to go there because the uh, the supporting cast is really bare. Uh, you know, Bridgewater is a younger quarterback who really doesn't uh, have much of a track record yet. He's still fresh. Could they bring in Bridgewater as that game manager type and uh, maybe draft the quarterback of the future as well? Uh, Bridgewater would be a pretty good fit, though, because I think he's young enough and still has enough promise to where he would make a good fit here, and then the Dolphins don't have to go spending their first-round draft pick on a quarterback. So Teddy Bridgewater, you know, give him about, what, two, three years here in a contract and uh, see if he can work out. And then if he doesn't, you know, you can draft the quarterback in the next two years if you're the Miami Dolphins. And then you have some money, um, you know, maybe go after some playmakers, real true playmakers in the passing game. You know, maybe a combination of, uh, say, Teddy Bridgewater and Golden Tate. Uh, Randall Cobb's going to be out there as a free agent as well, but uh, the one thing with Randall Cobb, can he stay healthy? Uh, would the Dolphins make a trade for Antonio Brown? You know, there's nobody that's really mentioned the Dolphins as a player, but uh, who knows where, you know, where he can get traded. Uh, the Dolphins do have the number 13 overall pick. Could they offer that to the Steelers for Antonio Brown? That would be a big difference maker. We, you know, I'm just playing here. I'm throwing crap against the wall. and seeing it sticks. But uh, the Dolphins definitely need a quarterback and an impact wide receiver. They'll probably go after, in the first three rounds, I think, uh, maybe a big wide receiver. So maybe they bring in a veteran and maybe they bring in a rookie. Uh, this is going to be the second year for tight end Mike Gysicki. And uh, from a dynasty perspective, I think you have to be excited because uh, – you know, he's a big target with a lot of red zone potential. And if this team comes in with a new quarterback uh, going into the season, you know, maybe that mean, means a boost for Mike Gysicki. You know, he's not, gonna, he's not going to play, uh, you know, with an up-and-down uh, quarterback situation like he did last year. So lots to watch in Miami here to see uh, what receivers and quarterbacks are going to end up there. Uh, what, what we know for sure right now is they have two promising running backs. We all know how Adam Gase was basically misusing Kenyon Drake. If they expand Kenyon Drake's role in 2019, he could be even better fantasy running back than he was in a part-time flex last year. Uh, he's got big playability. 
He can uh, he can make uh, really quality plays from anywhere on the field. He's versatile. He can be used in the passing game. Uh, you know, maybe this regime is going to be smart about using Kenyon Drake. But then we also saw uh, the the upside of Caleb Balage as well. I think uh, there's two scenarios that can play out here, and we're just going to have to follow the storylines. Whereas it's either a Kenyon Drake becoming the lead guy, or what seems more likely. Uh, I'd like to see Kenyon Drake to become the lead guy. I, th- I think he can he can produce even more for fantasy purposes if he becomes that number one running back. But until he does, you know, he's more of a best ball guy than a seasonal guy. Uh, it could be Caleb Balage and Kenyon Drake sharing carries because the Dolphins uh, can give can keep each running back fresh. Each running back has a little bit of a different style. Uh, when you talk about the passing game and the lack of playmakers, if they have two running backs that can really threaten the defense out of the backfield, it certainly helps that offense more. Fantasy players want to see one guy be the lead. I think we all want to see Kenyon Drake be the lead. But if they can use both Balaj and Drake and keep them both fresh, keep the defenses on their toes, that might be what they do for next season. So uh, I think Caleb Balaj... Uh, it's looking up for him a little bit from a dynasty perspective there. Uh, I think you have to like the potential. You know, we saw that one big game down the stretch uh, where he showed what he could do if he can get the football. He's capable of big breaking big plays too and also uh, capable of banging inside as well. So if one thing the Dolphins have going for them heading into 2019, I think, I think it's the backfield. And uh, that'll be a situation to monitor. Uh, the New York Jets... Heading into 2019, I think there's a lot of optimism uh, surrounding this team, a sense that they're going to make a big move and uh, take a next step when it comes to being a contender in the AFC East. You look at it heading into the new season, it doesn't look like anybody's going to knock off the Patriots. I don't think we're expecting that. But I think the Jets are positioning themselves to be the second best team in that division heading into 2019. And uh, it's all about getting a supporting cast for Sam Darnold. For the Bills, it's about getting a supporting cast for Josh Allen. For the Dolphins, it's really about building an offense, period. And for the Jets, they're furthest along in that process where they already have their quarterback of the future and they have a few pieces in the passing game to where at least they can be dependable. So what the Jets want to do is They really want to get a running back to play with Sam Darnold for the next few years and take significant pressure off of him. Now, there's a lot of talk, and we talked about a lot on this show. I'm not going to go off and start repeating myself about Le'Veon Bell and what an iconic figure he can become in, in New York sports history if he comes here and plays with Sam Darnold and the Jets turn it around. With Sam Darnold... Uh, you know, we saw a lot of ups and downs last year. At times he can be very creative and uh, aggressive, and he's not afraid to force a ball into a tight end, into a tight window. He's mobile, but he's also very capable of uh, throwing some confounding interceptions that's going back to college. But you get him a better supporting cast, and you continue to coach him up. You know, that's why Adam Gase was brought here. I don't know why he was brought here, because... Uh, he was supposed to go to Miami and turn things around offensively, and he really didn't do it, although he did have one 10-win season. But 
I think Gates is an overrated coach who really rode on the coattails of Peyton Manning and then got his off watch his offense get smashed to death in a Super Bowl forty eight. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in the coaching staff. Already there's rumblings about this defensive uh, staff that he's put together. Greg Williams and Joe Vick are noted enemies from New Orleans and all that that fallout from Bounty Gate, and he's putting them together on the same staff. I don't I don't understand what the Jets are doing coaching wise. The one the one danger with the Jets is it seems like they're well positioned, uh, like I said, to to move into the future. But then they always do something confounding because that's who they are. They're the Jets. They'll find it. Ask their fans. They'll find a way to screw it up. But, uh, you know, they do have Darnold here. They could go after a Le'Veon Bell. They could go after a Tevin Coleman, something like that. The sense is they want to move on from Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell, who's a free agent. They like Elijah McGuire, so maybe even they get a Latavius Murray to share some time with uh, an Elijah McGuire. That could be a good pairing. But the Jets, there's a real sense that they're going to make a big move by either getting a Le'Veon Bell or maybe this is a team, Vegas odds, having 3-1, to one, the best odds for Antonio Brown to land with the Jets over anybody else. And whether it's Bell or it's Brown, both of these guys can come in and really make a difference here. If I was the Jets, I'd be, go- I'd be making a move for Antonio Brown instead of Le'Veon Bell. There are other free agent running backs out there to get a, the best receiver in football. And to get a super elite wide receiver, I think it's harder to do than to get uh, at least a stable running back that can play back there. And if they get Antonio Brown, the Jets are number three overall in the NFL draft. They are in a great position to make a deal for Antonio Brown. So I, we've heard all the talk about Bell. Brown is the guy. You you give him, you give him a guy like Antonio Brown, at least from an on-field perspective, and he's got that guy for the next few years making big plays for him. That that raises the dynasty and keeper outlook of Sam Darnold, and uh, maybe it drops Brown's value just a little bit. Because, uh, look, he's still great. He's still going to make plays no matter where he is. But going from Roethlisberger to Donald is an obvious dip. And, you know, then there's all the talk about, you know, like we, we've seen with Willie Colon. We talked about, do you want to bring that kind of personality into the Jets locker room? Uh, I, I, I think maybe with a change of scenery, Antonio Brown... Uh, might turn out to be a little bit of a different guy in New York than he is in Pittsburgh. Want to get a fresh start. Want to do the right things. Uh, you know, the, the New York media is going to be all over him. How will he handle that? It, it's a vo- it'll be a volatile situation, but from an on-field perspective, it just makes so much darn sense. Now, if they don't go after Brown uh, and they want to have less drama, we've talked about they can trade for A.J. Green and that would maybe make even more sense uh, than to go after Antonio Brown. Maybe they stay away from the, the former Steelers who have been known issues, and maybe they make a deal for, for A.J. Green. And if they do, you know, they might get rid of Robbie Anderson, who's a restricted free agent. But uh, in a luxurious type of scenario, they get an A.J. Green, then they have Robbie Anderson. They, they've already committed to bringing back Quincy Inunua. And I really, everybody knows I really like uh, Chris Herndon as a free agent. So I think there's a lot of optimism surrounding the Jets, like I've said, and good reason for it just from a pure personnel perspective of the players. 
The coaching staff, I, I have a lot of questions about, and that could really, uh, you know, put a negative hook in the Jets at any time, like I, I was just saying. But, you know, this is a situation to watch. If I have Sam Darnold in the Dynasty League, I'm watching this this scenario very carefully with uh, with some excitement and some anticipation, not just as a Jet fan, but as a Dynasty League fantasy football player. Uh, you know, this is something exciting to look to. And uh, if I have Robbie Anderson, um, uh, you know, I have my eye on this too, especially if I have him in Dynasty League or even a Keeper League. Will he remain a Jet? And uh, if he does, who's going to be pairing next to him? Because, you know, the Jets are not going to probably go offense with that number three pick. And if the top two pass rushers that they like, Allen and Bosa, ball, both off the board, they might trade down. There's also a possibility, you know, that the Jets will, uh, you know, get that big running back and uh, maybe pick a, pick a receiver out of the draft. So I think the Jets have some flexibility. you got to be excited if you have Darnold in the Dynasty League. Like you said, uh, I think Herndon can maybe uh, continue to be a back-end tight end one, uh, high-end tight end two for next season. Uh, so he's somebody, maybe if I don't get one of those top tight ends, I want to draft. And, uh, you know, Quincy Inunua, like I said, he's going to be back. If the Jets don't go out and get another big receiver who's a veteran, uh, I think Inunua has still has the potential to be a fantasy uh, low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four. It's just got to be stay healthy. And, of course, everybody's going to be chasing the Patriots. We know Brady and Belichick are back. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about the Patriots over the last few weeks. Uh, Sony Michelle is a guy who saved his best football for the playoffs and proved that he could be that team's best lead running back since Corey Dillon. And even if this team continues to employ a committee under Josh McDaniels, they, they've established that Sony Michelle is their lead runner. They won't overwork him because of chronic knee issues and injury history. But uh, the touchdown potential is going to be very, very promising. Uh, he'll get pulled off the field still for James White and passing downs, and I think that prevents him from being an RB1 going into next year. But uh, I, th I think uh, you got to like him a lot as an RB2, somebody in the third round or later. Uh, if you have keeper penalties, you certainly uh, hold on to Sony Michelle. James White is a guy who's got a very volatile outlook because the, this this team probably wants to improve itself in at wide receiver and maybe not depend as James White as heavily out of the backfield as they did in the first half of the season and the playoffs. So there's a chance if this team improves everything around James White that he'll still be a viable part of the team, but he's not going to post RB1 numbers in a PPR like he did during the first half of last season. Maybe he becomes more of that flex type guy. Obviously, the big question is Rob Gronkowski, whether he's going to return or not. He showed late in the playoffs that he can still make a contribution uh, when they go to him in key spots. Would probably be about the eighth to ninth tight end in my ranks going into next year. Uh, very, very dicey as a keeper because that tight end position is very, very thin. But, you know, Gorkowski is still an injury risk and not what he used to be. Uh, in a dynasty league, yeah, you hold on to him, of course. But in keeper league, I'd be very hard-pressed to want to retain him in most scenarios. 
at wide receiver. You know the uh, NFL MVP is going to be back in Julian Edelman, but I think they really want to get some other playmakers next to him. Every, every other wide receiver they have is a free agent pretty much. Phil Dorsett's a free agent. Chris Hogan's a free agent. Corderell Patterson's not even, even – he's really not even a wide receiver. He's a free agent too. And uh, Josh Gordon's a free agent, but you don't know if he's going to come back or what uh, or what the outlook's going to be. So this is a team that might be busy in free agency in terms of uh, trying to acquire a wide receiver. Uh, there are a few guys that make sense out there. Uh, I think Terrell Williams, I've been saying that, would make a really nice fit on the New England Patriots. Big downfield target. I think he was overrated with the Chargers, but – uh, might make a really nice fit with the Patriots, and they won't have to spend a lot of money to get to, to get a guy like that. Whereas we talk about with Buffalo, you know, they have all this cap room, and nobody wants to come there. I know a lot of a lot of teams are going to want to go to the Patriots for a discount. I don't think it Golden Tate's a fit at all because they have a slot guy. But to get somebody like a, like a Terrell Williams, or I've talked a lot about if Gronkowski was to retire, Jared Cook makes a lot of sense. For that team to go after, and I think Jared Cook, for 32 years old, watching his career wind down, uh, would much rather go play for a championship than uh, stay with the Raiders. We don't even know where they're going to play this season. You know, it's, would he stay with the San Francisco Raiders? So, you know, that that's the domino effect right there in New England. So, to basically summarize, we talked about Buffalo first. I'm not going to expect a lot offensively. Heading into next year, although Josh Allen has the potential to be a high-end fantasy quarterback, number two at times with his rushing ability. Uh, I'm going to hold on to Robert Foster as a dynasty sort of guy, and uh, but but I do expect them to get uh, maybe one maybe one or two significant wide receivers in the offseason, at least one in the, in the NFL draft. Uh, I don't know what's happening in running back. They may not retain LaShawn McCoy uh, the Dolphins to recap that running back situation is going to be very very interesting to watch but I would expect a timeshare uh, I think Devontae Parker is going to probably get cut and move on to another team maybe a change of scenery will do him some good and uh, we'll have to wait and see what that team does at wide receiver for the Jets it's really about making one big splash move to help Sam Darnold whether it's an elite wide receiver or it's a lead running back, and uh, they continue to address, address offense in the in the draft, especially if they would acquire Le'Veon Bell. Look for them to maybe trade down and take a wide receiver pretty early in the draft. And what the Patriots, uh, what the Patriots have to look at is more playmakers for Tom Brady. I think they're really set in the backfield there. Uh, Rex Bur- Burkhead uh, will also be back, but uh, you know that team could save some salary cap space by cutting him. And then uh, maybe Burkhead ends up as a part-timer somewhere else. But, you know, the AFC East is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, you know, you look at the free agent wide receivers that are out there for 2019. Uh, this, is, this is a good landing spot for them. This division. This division is going to be very, very busy in terms of, uh, you know, going after these playmakers in both free agency and the draft. Uh, Golden Tate is the top name out there, but it's just it's not a really a good wide receiver class. Uh, Dante Moncrief 
is another wide receiver out there. I think Dante Moncrief is real underrated. I think he would be a great fit uh, for the New England Patriots as well. Uh, you know, playing across from Julian Edelman. And uh, what, what receiver would want to take a discount and uh, get another shot to win a championship or win a championship for the first time with the New England Patriots? Uh, so Moncrief, you know, good possible destination for him. Uh, maybe Miami because whatever quarterback they want to have, they want to have a dependable wide receiver. And I think Dante Moncrief has the makeup to be very dependable. Uh, Randall Cobb is a guy who's slithery and he's not done, but is constantly getting hurt. Uh, I can't see him as a fit for New England, but you know maybe in Buffalo, maybe in Miami. Uh, I think less with the Jets. And uh, looking at some of the other top free agent wide receivers that are out there, uh, Jermaine Curse. The Jets are probably going to move on from him, but uh, not really known as an outstanding pass catcher. Uh, Chris Hogan is going to be floating out there. Uh, maybe not back with New England, but as fantasy players well know, we can't really expect anything from him. Cole Beasley, you know, that's a name that's out there. Uh, somebody reliable can help uh, a team move the chains. Uh, Buffalo or Miami, maybe a good landing spot. And then, of course, Adam Humphreys, you know, the big name that we haven't talked about enough yet uh, this morning. Uh, that could be a superb, superb signing for a team like the New England Patriots. Imagine what what Humphreys could do playing with Tom Brady across from Julian Edelman in that offense. You know, we've all seen flashes of what he can do in Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Brady had a bad Super Bowl, but, you know, surround him with the right playmakers, and he can still put up some pretty good numbers. Adam Humphreys in New England would be a great, great landing spot, I think. Uh, I think he's more of... He's not that elite sort of guy. Uh, the Jets would rather have Antonio Brown, but Adam Humphreys could be a nice consolation prize. And I think uh, I think Adam Humphreys is going to have a lot of notable takers as a free agent. Uh, I don't think you want to go to a rebuilding team like Miami or Buffalo, although Buffalo could be somewhat attractive because he could become the number one wide receiver there. Of course, we talked about Terrell Williams uh, as well, but after that, there's really nothing else out there. Devin Funches will be a will be a free agent. You know, maybe that's a the kind of guy that New England would take a flyer on, but I don't know if he would uh, he would make a lot of sense on any other team in the division. Uh, Devin Funches, big disappointment. Says he wants to be back in Carolina, but there's also a sense that they're probably going to move on from him. So again, not a, not a great uh, wide receiver class but one that you're going to have to monitor here. Buffalo is also without a tight end. Uh, You know, maybe this is a team that takes a chance on a Tyler Eifert if he doesn't come back to Cincinnati and uh, Steve Stevens, he can stay healthy. If uh, Gronk is going to retire, maybe Tyler Eifert uh, is somebody that they take a chance on. Uh, It's not like they haven't dealt with an injury prone tight end in the past. So, if no more Gronk in New England, you know, maybe, maybe there's Tyler Eifert. Uh, you know, that that's a possibility. Uh, they're not a fit in Miami, obviously, because they have Guy Sicky. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, that that could take a big step forward, like we've been saying. And uh, running back, you know, also to watch in this division, I would think every team except for the Patriots, uh, if they're not going to go after a big name, 
like the Jets, you know, maybe they Mark Ingram is a landing spot. We've heard Baltimore, but I think uh, I think the Jets would be a really nice uh, landing spot for Mark Ingram. Latavius Murray, uh, I also I already talked about him uh, with the Jets. Not a great free agent class out there. Uh, does any team want to give TJ Yeldon a chance to start? Uh, and Mike Davis is obviously a guy that I really really like. And if team wants to save some money at running back and have him battle for a starting job, you know maybe he makes his uh, maybe he makes sense in a place like like uh, like the Jets. You know maybe they go Elijah McGuire, uh, Mike Davis. So there's a lot to watch in this division. Buffalo, we know we have Allen. We know we have to watch Robert Foster. Miami, we know uh, we know we're getting with the running backs. We have to watch it. Have wait and see what happens with the rest of the offense. The Jets is going to, are going to be the most interesting story in this division. And then, uh, then of course, uh, you know, what do the Patriots do to patch things heading into 2019? So thanks for listening. We'll talk some more baseball tomorrow and uh, more NFL offseason divisional talk uh, coming on Tuesday here on the Roto Experts in the morning.